powerful Jewish religious group that did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Many from this group helped carry out Jesus' crucifixions. John and Peter were speaking to the crowd when they were confronted by the priests who were disturbed that they were teaching people that they could resurrect of the dead in the name of Jesus. The priests. You've got to be kidding me. What in the world are these guys talking about? I don't know. So John and Peter were arrested and thrown in jail. This is kind of cramped. Can we get some more room? That's, that's not really what I meant. The next day, a council of religious leaders met in Jerusalem and demanded to know who gave them authority to heal. Peter said, I healed the crippled man in the name of Jesus Christ, the man you crucified, but God raised from the dead. The members of the council were astonished by John and Peter's boldness because they seemed like ordinary men, but saw the healed man standing there with them. What should we do with these guys? They obviously performed a miracle and everyone saw it. We have to warn them that they can't talk about Jesus anymore. John and Peter replied, yeah, right. Do you think we're going to listen to you instead of Jesus? There's no way we can stop talking about all of these things we've seen and heard. The council was really mad and threatened them again, but they let them go because they were afraid of a riot. Everyone was praising God because the man who had been disabled for more than 40 years was healed. Today's story. Yeah, Lego Bibles. What up? Hi, guys. My name is Kristen. If you don't know me, I am so glad that you are here in JHM this morning because it is going to be an epic morning. So why don't you all grab a Bible? a paper, and a pen. There's cards all around the room. It's going to be epic and awesome, and you're not going to want to miss what's going on this morning because we're going to talk about story, which is going to be pretty, pretty dang cool. So I have a question. I'm wondering if any of you guys have ever told a bad story in this room before, whether it's like I'm giving a book report presentation. I am, you know, standing in front of my friends. My friends ask me, well, what did you think about this? And you're like, uh, I don't know. And it's like super awkward because we all know that when we tell a bad story, people give us weird looks, don't they? And we're like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. Maybe I should just never tell my story ever again because my story is one that doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, you second guess, you doubt yourself, and you get nervous and you get scared, right? And so it's almost like it shuts you up. And it's like we don't want to say what we really think or the story that we really want to tell, what we're really feeling, because what if that person responds negatively? I totally have been there. I told terrible stories many times, and I used to give really, really bad messages. I don't know how good they are now, but sometimes... Like before, when I started giving them, they were terrible, terrible, terrible. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never want to do this again. This is terrible. I just can't do this. It's the worst. And so um, anyway, that was me. That was my story. But we all know that a good story is powerful and effective. And stories are everywhere. And good stories are ones that people want to listen to. And when we tell a good story, it captures people, which is the first note. And people want to know more. When we tell a good story, people are like, oh my gosh, tell me more. What else do you have to say about that? What's the deal with that? This is so great. I mean, has anyone ever wondered why the movie's up 
and Monsters, Inc. And anything Pixar makes is super good. Anybody wonder? Yeah? Okay. Well, I want you to watch this video because this is going to tell you a little bit of their story. Welcome to season three of Pixar in a Box, which is all about the art of storytelling. To make a movie here at Pixar takes years, but it all starts with a story. The power of story is that it has an ability to connect with people on an emotional level. One of the things you hear all the time, this advice, is write what you know. Why write about what you know? Well, it's because probably what happened to you made you feel some particular way. Do you feel scared? Do you feel alone? And what you're trying to do, really, when you tell a story, is to get the audience to have that same feeling. This season of Pixar in a Box is about how we at Pixar tell our stories, in hopes that it will inspire you to tell yours. For this lesson and many more, all for free, check out pixarinabox.org. So there's just a little snippet about how Pixar tells stories. They say they want to capture your emotions. They want to get you involved. They want to get you invested in that story. They want to connect you with something that you know, which is crazy and awesome. And I know that stories are everywhere. They're in movies. They're stories that people tell. They're in books that we read. Has anybody read like a really good book and you're like, it's almost like it comes to life? Yeah, I've been there too. I don't know about you, but like Harry Potter is one of them, okay? And then they start making movies and they make all these blah, 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 and then it's just like, what? This is so crazy. But we all have a story to tell. And I want you guys to know that. Like even you have a story to tell. And it's your story. It's no one else's. It's yours. And you have the power to impact people by your story. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning because think about it. I mean, we're all here in JHM for a reason. Either your parents invited you here or you've come to church here forever and you're like, I've been here since I was a baby. I know everything about this church. Or a friend invited you or something. Everybody has a reason why they're sitting in these seats here today, which is pretty crazy. And whatever reason that is, is all a part of your story. And so we're going to talk about that because the Bible is full of stories. Did you guys know that? Do you guys know that? The Bible is full of stories, and it's so crazy. I mean, I, I've heard people, like, read the Bible and they're like, it's just so boring. I don't get it. And it's like, you know what? I've been there, too. I've been in places where I'm, like, reading the Old Testament, and I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, this is so weird. Like, God seems really different in the Old Testament than he does in the New Testament. But it's all here to tell a story. And what's hard about the Bible sometimes is that there's a ton of history that goes into it. And so we don't necessarily always get what it means. So it's not like it jumps off the page to us. But when we get it, this stuff is really meaningful. And so we're actually going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. So if you have your Bibles, I need you to turn to page 1077. 1077. It's like all the way in the back of the Bible. It's in the New Testament because we are in a series called Construction and we're talking about how the church was built, right? And so this is a time in history where Jesus has left the earth. Jesus is not here anymore. He went on the cross. He died for our sins and he resurrected into heaven from the dead, okay? So that's what's going on. Then, basically, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit down and sent it into the disciples. And the disciples that were left, those 12 that he invested in for three years, were called to go share the message everywhere they went, every town that they went. And you know what they did is they went off two by two. And so Peter and John 
were the ones that went together. And so Jesus made this promise to Peter in um, the, the, the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and says, on you I will build my church, which means that he wanted to use Peter, he wanted to use John, he wanted to use all of his disciples to build his church. And that's why we're all sitting here today, which is pretty dang cool, okay? You're in these seats today because of Peter and John, and they went and spread the message, which is pretty insane, okay? So this is Acts chapter 4. You saw in the video where, okay, Lego Bible, so good. Um, you saw in the video, some of our students made that. But basically, what Peter and John did was they went to the temple, and they healed this guy. He was a lame, crippled beggar, okay? So if your legs didn't work, and if you were crippled, and you would probably be like, I can't work because my legs don't work. So you'd be begging at the temple too, hoping that there would be some people who would stop by, that they would give you money, and they would give you everything that you need. And so Peter and John walked by this guy, and they, they had an interaction with him. And they basically said, you know what? We don't have any money to give you. But what we do have, we will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And this guy was healed. And Jesus wasn't even there. You guys, this is so crazy. It's like the coolest thing. Okay, so this guy's healed. Everybody that's going to the temple sees it. And they're like, oh my gosh, what happened to this guy? I need to know this guy, Jesus, this guy, God. And Peter and John were like, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity to tell everybody around what just happened about the good news of Jesus. Because he does have the power to heal. And he is God. And he can make people new. He can make people whole. He can make people better and have a quality of life that they've never had before and actually have life. And so while they were telling the whole crowd about this, the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the religious teachers of the law saw them and they basically confronted them and they're like, you know what? What the heck are you doing? Right? What the heck are you doing? And they actually threw him in jail and they, they, they opposed what they were doing and basically put them in jail overnight. And then this is where we are in Acts chapter 4, verse 5. So I want you to look at verse 5. It says this. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other relatives of the high priest. Which these are like the official of the officials, guys. So if you can think of the U.S. Supreme Court, okay? They run our entire country. They give the checks and balances for everything. And they almost have the final say on certain things, right? And so th these are those people that Peter and John are in front of, okay? And so... So this is verse 7. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power, in whose name have you done this? And so basically, Peter and John face opposition hardship because of their story. And, and men, but many people believed it. So basically what was happening before this, they questioned them, is that in Acts chapter 2, um, sorry, chapter 3, there is a ton of people that were saved because Peter gave this message. There's 3,000 people who were saved because they talked about this lame, crippled beggar guy. 5,000 men were saved total in the church. So the church had 5,000 men. That's not including women and children. So that means that there's more people that came to Jesus because of the story that they told and the thing that they had seen, which is insane. 
And so they go in in Acts chapter 4, verses 8, and this is what they say to the high priest. They say this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected had now become the cornerstone, which that, you guys, is a prophecy in the book of Psalms where it's talking about Jesus and that, that Jesus is the one that would be, the church would be built on which is crazy. So that's why we have that. Jesus is a foundation we build on, which is insane. And so Peter's saying this all to the Supreme Court. Okay, this is crazy. So this is verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now the reason why this is a huge deal is because these religious leaders, these teachers of the law, all of these people were the ones that basically wanted to squander the name of Jesus. They did not want to be spread. They were the ones that were involved and said, you know what, yeah, you can go ahead and kill him, that's fine. So that's why they didn't want them to spread the news at all. But, but they were stumped, and they were, and they were troubled, because basically, even though they were going through all this stuff, is, is they were like, oh my gosh, like there is something to this. This crippled man who was once crippled is now in our sights. He's here and he's healed. Like, what are we supposed to say to that? And that's what they were, they were crowding around and they were telling everyone. And so the whole point is, is that Peter and John came and told this true story and a story that was miraculous and a story that was insane and amazing. And even though they faced opposition, their story didn't change. See, they told the same story to all the people after it happened in Acts 3 as they did when they were in opposition and hardship and were in jail to all these people. How many people in this room, their story changes based on who is listening? Mine does. I don't know about you, but, like, people ask me, like, oh, are you a Christian? How did you? And I'm like, uh... Yeah, I like work with junior high, you know, it's cool. And where? Out of church. <laughs> like, and it's really hard sometimes because I don't know who I'm going to talk to. Because some people I've told them, yeah, I'm a youth pastor. It's awesome. I work with junior high at Mariner's Church and it's so great. And they're like, oh. And it's just like really awkward. But for somebody who I know is going to like it, who's a Christian, they're going to be like, no way, that's so cool, blah, 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 blah. And, like, my story, I get nervous, and I get scared to share. I mean, Peter and John were bold. They said, hey, basically, this is what's up, even though you don't believe it. Can you do that with your story? That's pretty insane. So... We're going to continue on in verse 13. It says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. See, Peter and John didn't know the Bible front to back. But these people did, and they're like, whoa, these people, they're pretty bold for not knowing stuff. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. 
But since they could see the man who had been standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves, which conferred means that they were just talking. It was like they were like huddling up and they're like, okay, what do we do? Because obviously we don't want this message to spread, but everyone's just seen it. And the crippled, healed guy is right here. He's not crippled anymore. And so there's nothing that we can say. And so they said, instead of starting a riot, I'm just going to try and threaten them. And th so they tried to threaten Peter and John. They said, you know what? You can't share the message of Jesus. And Peter and John like, I don't know about you, but I don't answer to you. I answer to Jesus. And this is true, and so I'm going to keep sharing. And so they could, all they could do is threaten them. And then by the time they kept saying no, they had to let them go. And so the message of Jesus was spread. And so you never know what can happen when you share your story boldly. You never know. You never know who you're talking to. You never know what's going to happen in the people that might be needing to hear it. Because I'm pretty sure that the religious leaders on the council stopped and they thought about what they had been doing. I'm pretty sure it made them question and that they recognized Peter and John that they had been with Jesus. Like, that is crazy. So they saw who Jesus was. And Peter and John had sure confidence in the power of God and healing through faith, even in face of opposition, which is crazy. And so for everyone, was in the last verse of chapter 4, I needed to go over this. This is so cool. It says, uh, where is it? Okay. E four. Oh, yeah. This is verse 22. For everyone is praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. 40 years this guy had been crippled, and now he's alive. Now he's fine, and now he's well. And so what we learn from this story ultimately is that God's way overcomes people's way. Whatever God wants to happen, whatever God um, wants to move forward, he will. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use your story. Just like he used Peter and just like he used John. Because they believed boldly and had full confidence that God is the one who is who he says he is who is good, who is loving, who is kind, who is our comforter, who is our redeemer, who is everything that we want and more, which is one of the reasons why we're all sitting here today. And if you don't know that, then maybe you're here trying to figure it out, and that's awesome. I love that. And so this church grows because of stories that are told. I mean, many of you might have heard, like, the, the phrase, what is your testimony? Like, do you want to know my testimony or let me tell you my testimony? And testimony is just another word for story. So testimony, it, testimony is story. So it's basically saying, what is your story with Jesus? Let me tell you my story about how I know Jesus, and then let's get on with the, with the show. And so basically, that is what people want to know. And the big idea today is that the church is built by sharing our story. Stories are powerful, and they're effective, and you've got one, which is pretty amazing and pretty awesome, and your story matters, and your story with Jesus is a continuation of this story, of the story of Peter and John, and every single story that was ever told in the New Testament. We've all got them, and it all points back to who Jesus is 
that he is a loving God, that he is our savior, that God was the one that created the earth, and that one day we get to go to heaven with him, which is pretty dang cool. And so a couple questions this morning is who knows your story? Who needs to know it? Are there people at school that know your story? Or do they not? Do the people in your life group know your story? Do the people that are sitting next to you in this room know your story? Because the church, even now, this church, JHM, can be built through your story and you telling it and you sharing it. Because that's what it's all about. If Jesus is the foundation we build on, we've got community, we've got life groups, we got, we got church, we're doing this. We're all together in this room. This is awesome. And the next part is that we get to share our story. Sharing our story is how we build the church, how we build the foundation of Jesus. I mean, imagine if all of our life groups were, were bigger because we all invited a friend. I mean, imagine if this room was filled with more people because we all invited a friend, because we shared our story, because we told them about this place, because we told them why we come here. What if that was life-changing? I mean, I've heard countless stories of students that have shared their stories. There's a couple girls in my life group. One girl's name's Caitlin. She was in seventh grade. Um, her brother's Ryan. I don't know if he's in this room, but he's awesome. Um, but basically, she invited friend after friend after friend to our life group because we had room in our life group, and it was awesome. And they all accepted Jesus in our life group, and they're still in our life group, and it's, they're in ninth grade now, which is so cool. And then not only that, but she inspired everyone else to start bringing friends as well. And so our life group just keeps changing and molding and morphing all because one girl decided to have the boldness to share her story, to tell them about life group, and to bring them in. Can you do that? How can your story change the people around you? And so we're going to go into a time of response right now. And basically, there's these bricks that are on the stage, and there's some writing on them. So, so um, just grab one and find a space to write a word on it. But what I want you guys to do as you respond is to come and grab a brick and write down who God is to you. So the question is, who is God to you? And I want you to write who God is to you on this brick. Because the reason why is because we have to remember who God is in order for us to share our story. Because who God is to us is why we even have a story, right? And so I want you guys, as we respond, to come up, write a word about who God is, and then I want to see all the bricks just be built on top of each other, okay? Okay, let me pray for you as we respond. God, is, God, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you for every single student in this room. I ask God that you would just continue to reveal yourself to them in ways that they don't even know and are unaware of even right now, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would speak to them, um, that you would put boldness in them, God, just to share their story and share what they know about you. And, um, God, that you would build your church because we were the ones who were bold enough to share our story, just like Peter and John. Thank you, God, for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys can go ahead and respond.
Yes. 